continuing my homily series on the Mass. And up to this point, we've kind of had precursors for four weeks of preparation. <laughs> That's how important it is. But now today we're going to dive into the Mass itself. I'm going to be using this book, which is just a small version that I can see because of my good eyes. But <laughs> it's the same book as this big guy right here. It's called the Roman Missal. And it has all of the prayers for the whole Mass. And there are two, two colors of fonts. There is a uh, well, let me look at it. <laughs> there is a red font, and there is a black font. You do the red, and you say the black. And if I do that, then there's Jesus. It's dangerous if I start to change the red to suit my own needs, or change the black to suit my own needs. The church has provided this and not only provided it, but said, this is how we are to pray. And so if you've maybe noticed that I might do something a little bit different than another priest, uh, specifically in what I say and in the actions that I do, that's, I'm just, I'm just following the book. <laughs> so, um, so if I do something a little bit different, it's not because, uh, you know, I don't like that priest or whatever. It's just that I, I tried to follow the book. So it starts, Mass starts with the procession. With the procession. And when the procession happens, you're standing, right? And the priest, along with the server who is carrying a cross, processes up the aisle. And... I don't, I'm not just doing that so that, look, everybody come look at me. Everybody come look at me. Right? No. In fact, I'd rather you didn't. I don't like <laughs> It suits my introverted nature. <laughs> uh, but no, I am, because I am a priest, I'm acting in the person of Christ, and you are greeting Christ. When I come up to the front of the altar... Right, and during that, we are singing what's called the, the entrance chant. We come up, and, and I reverence the altar first. Uh, I, have a, I have a bad knee. That's why you don't see me genuflect. Because uh, as maybe some of you are familiar, I can get down. But I can't necessarily get up. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I'll bow, and then I'll go, and I'll kiss the altar. Right, because if we remember, the altar is the symbol of Christ. So I reverence the altar as this place of holiness, as this symbol of Christ. Because in that instance, I am acting on behalf of the church. See, the, as priests, we live this weird space because our relationship with God is sort of like a marital relationship. As the church, we are the bride of Christ. And he is the bridegroom. Well, as priest, I act in the person of the bridegroom, but I'm still a member of his body, the bride. And so I'm like both. It's kind of weird. And so at different points in the liturgy, I'll be acting in, you know, in representative of the church, and in other times, an active in representative of Christ. Make sense? 
So usually when I'm looking at you, it's to Christ. When I'm not looking at you, it's on behalf of the church. That's why you'll see me turn, right? Let us pray. And then I turn back, right? Because I'm facing God, to whom I'm praying, in the person of acting in the person of Christ. Now when I'm in the altar, you might notice that I'm never, except for when I greet you, you know, the peace be with you, or uh, etc. Every, every other space, I'm, looking, I'm not looking at you, because I'm directing that prayer to the Lord. Make sense? Awesome. So then we get to, I'll get to the chair, and we start as we start all things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I had a, a teenager last week ask me, so Father, where does the, the, the sign of the cross come from? Where does the sign of the cross come from? Well, the sign of the cross was actually done really early in the life of the church. It is described by Cyprian of Carthage in the 200s. And there's even connections to it. We can read even connection to it in the book of Revelation. Because in the book of Revelation, it it speaks of all those who are in heaven marked with the sign. Which is a reference to the prophet Ezekiel. And that sign was an X. Just rotate that just a little bit. As a cross. Now, in the ancient church... They would do it a little bit different than we did. They, in the ancient church, they'd do it like we do right before the gospel. They would do on, our, on their forehead, on their mouth, and at their heart. And we just do it, we kind of like take all, we take the three of those and make it into one. Or if you're Eastern Orthodox, you go backwards, which totally freaks me, freaks me out. <clears throat> the sign of the cross is... T- is, is m- there's lots of stuff. Oh, no. Sorry. First, it is a profession of faith. It's like a creed, the code of the creed, which we pray later, all in like 10, 15 words. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Speaking the, the, the communication of the Trinity. But it's also a meditation on our salvation because it's cruciform. It's in the form of the cross, which is the means of our salvation. And so I invite you to think about that when you're making the sign of the cross. I, 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 get, I, I was chaplain at a high school for five years, and I worked with schools the first six years of my priesthood, and even after that. And kids, when, when they come in, they're like... I'll even see adults do that. Like, they're doing, like, like, how quick and how, like, no, let that be intentional. Notice, I do forehead, belly button. Like, get it all the way down. Forehead, belly button, shoulder, shoulder. Like, because if you think about it, our bodies are cruciform. (laughs) Our bodies are a reminder of our salvation. (laughs) And not only that, it's a reminder of our baptism. Because we're baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, that we entered into the life of the church, and into the life of Christ. 
It's also very powerful. The devil and his minions despise the cross in all its forms. You've probably seen, uh, you know, the Dracula. You know, when the cross comes. Right? But even when we do this, that it can be enough to ward off temptation. Because if we do that in faith, we call upon the symbol of our salvation, we recognize that they have no power over us. So we do that at the beginning. And we only do that at very certain parts of the Mass. At the beginning, at the, at the, the Gospel dialogue, and at the end. That's the only time that the church asks us to do the sign of the cross. Just as, as the bookend, right, and as this reminder that we're getting listen, ready to listen to the word of Christ. After we make the sign of the cross, then I will greet you. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit to be with you all. There was a bishop who was an apostle, he would say, peace be with you. Which are the words of Christ. The very first words that he said when he rose from the dead and greeted the apostles. He showed up in the upper room and he said, peace be with you. He said it multiple times. He showed up the next week in the Gospel of John when Thomas was there. And the first thing that he says, peace be with you. And when he says that, he says, he in essence is saying, I am with you. Because he is the Prince of Peace. So when I say that, I am saying that in the person of Christ. When you hear that, it's not Father Kyle in his shortness and in his fatness and his goofiness. It is Christ speaking to you. Peace be with you. And then your response, and with your spirit. Right? Is this response that is biblical? It's not something that we say in regular language, except, well, I don't know if you all even get this joke. It's uh, on, on May the 4th. <laughs> we got one person, right? <laughs> the Catholics will make that joke. May the 4th be with you, and with your spirit. Anyway. That's a really bad Star Wars joke, in case you're wondering where I'm going with that. But we don't see that in every language, so it's kind of like, it's kind of foreign, especially because we've only been doing it for about 12 years. It used to be an also with you. But in with your spirit is more biblical. It reminds us that we are connected, that we are family. That's another reminder of the, the sign of the cross, is that we come as a family with a father, and we've invite, been invited into that family through the Son and by the action of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? And then the next part is called the penitential act. There are three parts. There are three options for the penitential act. I, on Sundays, do the first option every time. 
starts, my brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins and so prepare ourselves for these sacred mysteries. Now in the gospel, Jesus said, if you have sinned against your brother, before you go and bring your sacrifice to the altar, go and reconcile with your brother. Go and reconcile with your brother and then make your offering. Part of the penitential act is this reminder that we are sinners. You might be saying, Father, I haven't killed anybody. I'm very glad about that. Let me first say, but that doesn't mean that you haven't cut somebody down with your words. That doesn't mean you haven't judged them in your heart. That doesn't mean that you've been selfish in your actions. That doesn't mean that you've been prideful and elevated yourself above somebody else. That doesn't mean that you've wanted to wish harm on somebody, especially if they hold office. We are sinful. We're broken. We are in need of his grace. And we begin the liturgy by acknowledging that we are in need. We are in need of his grace. We are in need of his mercy. Without him, we can do nothing. So there's a pause so that we can remember what those things are. Again, they're probably not big. You haven't stolen, you know, a million dollars, committed adultery. But maybe you stole the pencil from work. <laughs> maybe you, you just, you made it, you, what you thought was a joke to your wife, but you ended up harming her. Right, we're broken. So what do we say? I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. Think about that. Normally, we're, 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 when we confess, we're doing it privately. The only person that, the only physical person that hears that is the priest. And I don't tell anybody, I promise. If I did, I would be automatically excommunicated from the church, by the way. It's like a huge deal. <laughs> but we also confessed everyone else. Because we also need to be reminded that the person sitting next to us and the person sitting behind us is just as much, if not more, of a sinner than we are. And just as much in need of God's mercy and ours as, as well. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. 
Let those words mean what you say. Don't let them slip from your mouth. I have greatly sinned because every sin that we commit harms the Lord and harms the church and harms ourselves. There's no benign sin. Greatly sinned. In my thoughts and in my words in what I have done and in what I have failed to do. Uh. Mm -hmm. I did good so far, but I need to. And then we acknowledge, right? And the church has invited us since since the retranslation of the third edition in 2011, through my fault, we hid our breast as this reminder of our sinfulness, as this act like the, the tax collector, um, the, the poor man um, in the gospel parable that Jesus uses. Right? You have the Pharisee and you have the tax collector right? who's there, who can't even lift up his eyes because he recognizes his own sin. Through my fault, Whose fault is it that you sinned? It's not your wife. It's not your husband. It's not the car in front of you. It's not the car in behind you. It's not the Democrats. It's not the Republicans. It is you. My fault. Through my fault. Through my most grievous fault. My brothers and sisters, it is necessary for us coming into the liturgy and celebrating this most sacred to acknowledge where we are. Not where we think we are, not where we would want to be, but where we are. And therefore, ask the Blessed Virgin Mary, all the angels, including your guardian angel, who sometimes he's looking over like, you really think you should do that? Because, you know, maybe, maybe wait. <laughs> all the angels and all the saints. So not only that, but we're asking the whole church in heaven and you, my brothers and sisters, and the whole church here on earth to pray for us. We ask the whole church to pray for us. And so here's the question that I ask myself and I ask you. Are we responding to that prayer? Are we praying for our brothers and sisters who ask us every week to pray for them in their sinfulness? Let's let those words mean something. Let's not just let them slip from the tongue. At the beginning of the liturgy, the, the Lord is calling us into repentance, but also into mercy and into love, which are the core parts of our life of faith. To pray for me to the Lord our God. And then I say, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Now, some of you maybe have been taught to make the sign of the cross at that point. You don't need to do that. 
that is not absolution, that is not the same thing as sacramental confession. It is something different. It is just a prayer exactly saying what it is. May God have mercy on us. Because at this point, we're already in the liturgy. You can't get your confession heard because you can't have two sacraments going on at the same time. Except in very specific circumstances, like St. Peter's Basilica or whatever, where there's this huge church. <laughs> so at that point, we have, we have no other recourse but then just to ask for God's mercy. And then as a community, we have this antiphonal thing that goes on where I say, Lord, have mercy. And then you say, Lord, have mercy. And I say, Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. This reminder and asking of God's mercy for us. Because later on in the Mass, we're going to say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. 